0: Hey everybody, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com, and you are listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Hello everyone, this is Jim, you're listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Happy New Year to you, I hope you had a good holiday season, I hope you uh, enjoyed and created some new memories with people that you care about, with family, with friends, and uh, it's good to be here today. Let me start by saying that uh, I decided to take off the holiday season, and the reason was simply because I was being pulled in enough directions that I felt that if I sat down and started going over uh, scriptures and thoughts and things of that nature, I really wouldn't be able to give 100%. And so rather than sit down and just do something for the sake of doing it, um, I allowed that season over the last uh, month or so to just uh, spend time with uh, family and do some introspection and just think about, like most people do, uh, where I've come from, where I'm going, and what God has for me in my own life at this particular season. So I have quite a few little things going on and some I I would call them almost like little plants. You know, those little plants that you see sometimes, they're just maybe a few inches tall and you bring them home and maybe get them from the store. And you're thinking about, well, I'm just going to keep this indoors for a while. Maybe we'll plant it outside or maybe we'll let it grow. And we're just, we haven't really um, decided ultimately uh, what we're going to do with this little plant long-term. We're just happy to have it. Uh, In the meanwhile, in the present tense. And so I kind of feel like that with certain things that were happening at the end of 2019, where these little blessings showed up in my life and these little opportunities began to present themselves. And instead of just running off into the future and trying to analyze something to the uh, nth degree, I decided that I was just going to enjoy the whole process. I remember sometimes. Uh, people do this, I know, all throughout their lives. But when you're at one stage of life, sometimes you wish you were at another, right? When you were a kid, sometimes you wish that you were an adult. When you're in your 20s, you think that, wow, if I was just in my 30s, maybe people would uh, pay me more or respect me more, or uh, maybe I'd be smarter, have more opportunity. And so we, we push off a lot of these things that we want into the future. Of course, Then eventually you can get to the age where you look back and think, oh, I wish I was this age again. So it's just part of the human condition to not live in the present for whatever reason. People are either looking forward or looking back, but not really focusing on what they have right now, right in front of them. And so over the last few years, I've been practicing that. I've been practicing enjoying the time that I had with people while I have them. And the older you get, of course, the more you realize from experience that uh, you know people aren't here forever. I know we always realize that, but it becomes more of a reality, of course, when the people in your life get older, and uh, and that's just the way it is. But we're here for a limited amount of time, and the good news that Jesus came to bring is, of course, this isn't the end. We're not just here doing a thing and then we die and go off into some uh, foggy, mystical afterlife that nobody really uh, knows much about. Um, what we're here for is to uh, receive that, what, that which we were missing. In other words, Jesus came to bring redemption. He came to set us apart he called us out, the Bible says, the Bible actually says that Christ was a lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. The Bible actually says in the New Testament that Jesus was with the Father in the beginning, and that through him, all things were made, and there's nothing that exists that wasn't made by or with him or through him. And so, you know, we, we can kind of put that in our minds, and we kind of sort of know what, we understand what that means but of course, you know, the Bible says now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. We understand it in part. The Bible says we know in part, but then we will know in full. So, um, 1 Corinthians, so chapter twelve, thirteen. So uh, moving on, I've been talking about how faith works. And that's a tough subject to talk about because you either feel that maybe you're talking about it in in too much, or at least I feel sometimes I'm talking about it too much in a mechanical sense and not enough in a personalized sense. And then sometimes I talk about it in a personalized sense and feel I need to get back to the mechanical part of it. And let me explain what I mean by this and the reason why I'm even bringing this up to begin with. I'm not sure what I'm actually going to call today's message. So it's probably going to be the completion of the last three um, podcasts, but also an introduction to a new year. So I probably, if you're listening to this now, I've already decided, um, of course, before you're hearing it, what I was going to name it. But I probably won't call it How Faith Works Part 4, even though this kind of sort of is the conclusion of those topics. But in the classroom, we learn things mechanically. We learn how to read. We learn how to write. We learn uh, math, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, percentages. We, we learn it all mechanical. And that's what I mean by the mechanical side. So we can look at a Bible subject and we can look at it mechanically. Um, we can look at other topics like um, health and fitness. We can look at that mechanically. And then we can look at it out of the classroom setting and in actual life. Just like when we take mathematics out of the classroom setting and put it in a real life setting, where are you actually using it? Well, maybe you're using it for bills or for taxes, or maybe you're just using it when you're comparing sale prices in the store. But you can see there's a difference. You have to be able to take what you learned in the classroom and use it in the your everyday experience, or else it really doesn't benefit you in a practical, measurable way. And a lot of things in the Bible are like that. We can learn them in a mechanical sense, but unless we learn them experientially in our everyday life, then they really don't benefit us in a practical way. And faith can be like that. We can talk about it and read about how, um, for example, Hebrews chapter 11, we can read about what faith is, how faith is the assurance of of things hoped for how it's the evidence of things not seen and then we can read about all of the people from the Old Testament and all the things they were able to do by faith we can read about Jesus talking about it in Mark 11:24 and Mark 11:23 um but if you if you take all of that the mechanic side there's so many books out on the topic of it it's almost like and and even I myself wrote a short kindle book on the uh, topic, Believe You Receive It, and you will have it on Amazon. But if we take all that and put it to the side for a moment, we just look at the practical application of it, we can actually see it in the Bible sometimes at a, at the base foundation level. For example, the Bible makes comments like from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 18, I believe it's verse 21, that death and life or life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat its fruit the bible says that man shall give an account of every word idle word that he shall speak and the bible says even in the final book they overcame him revelation twelve eleven, meaning the devil by the blood of the lamb and not just by the blood of the lamb but and by the word of their testimony or what they said so um when we take those things into account, I began to notice, especially over the last year, I've given this topic so much thought. Matter of fact, I think I focused more on this topic um, from 1986 till today. So it's been a number of years more than any other topic. I've talked about it with big groups of people, little groups of people, podcasts, every, every which way you can imagine. I've experienced it in my own life, but I've also experienced other things where if I wasn't a person of faith, I would just say, well, this doesn't work all the time. And in the context of uh, the tests and trials and tribulations we we go through in life, you know, I wanted to know, can I really, I know God came through yesterday, but why does it seem like he's not coming through today? And so uh, let me focus just on this section of scripture from Mark chapter 4 and verse number 13. This is um, the parable of the sower. He, Jesus originally spoke it in front of a in in public, in front of a large audience of people, and then when it says when he was alone, it says the twelve asked him about the parable in verse number ten, so we're at Mark chapter four, verse ten, and then it says in verse eleven, he said to them to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of god but to those who are on the outside all things in parables and verse 13 he says he said to them do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all parables and so if this isn't the most important parable i don't know what it is because he said if this is if you don't understand this one how are you going to understand any of the others And so I was looking back at this um, recently, and let me show and share with you some conclusions that I came to. Let me read it first of all. Starting in verse uh, 14, it says, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside. Right there, that doesn't sound very good, right? These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. How many times did Jesus say, he who has ears, let him hear, right? But there's also people here that are here on the wayside. And it says Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, it's easy to see this happening in other people's lives. Not so easy sometimes to see it in your own. And what I mean by that, let's just take something minor, like somebody hearing the word about why they don't have to be afraid. And as a person from the outside looking in on somebody else's situation, it's easy easier to put fear behind you. So the other person may say that they're fearful, and maybe you share some scriptures where the Bible says, fear not. Matter of fact, it says fear not more than probably any other statement that you care to think of in the whole Bible. That word, that phrase, fear not, is repeated over and over and over again. Fear is kind of like a perverted faith. It's, it's belief in the worst. And when you have belief in the worst, it makes you anxious. Uh, it makes you uptight. It makes you restless. And I know fear comes in all kinds of degrees. Like like a, a sense of foreboding is a kind of fear. Uh, a sense of anxiety is a kind of fear. Sometimes you just think of fear of somebody's just running away from an immediate danger. But there's the other kind of fear that is more common, I think, when there are perceived threats that people dwell on, like not having enough money uh, to pay their bills or not having enough resources in order to uh, remain uh, where they are. So let me keep going with this. All right, so there's the ones that were on uh, by the wayside. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. So there's the wayside and their stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure for only a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Okay, so here again is another example of somebody hearing it, but it says here they receive it with gladness. Right, so the first person loses it immediately. The second one receives it and, and and they have it. they're really glad of what they've heard. They're inspired, they're encouraged, but there's no root there, so the first time something goes wrong, they lose it. Have you ever heard like had a um or heard of people? Of course, you know you have an aha moment and you feel really good or inspired or you're gonna do something new, things are gonna be better now you're gonna be able to turn it all around. And then some, something negative happens and it just takes all of the wind out of your sails. It just takes all of the excitement away from you and you just feel, you feel, and that's, that's I think the appropriate word, stuck or just unable to get out of your own way. And this is the description of that. A lot of times people read this and they just use it in a, in a detached sense, these lessons they don't bring it into their present day experience. They, they just assume I'm not like that. I'm not going to do that. But their experience is showing something else. So for example, the Bible says that those who have believed enter into God's rest. So all I have to do is ask you about certain areas of your life. And if thinking about something is something that you can't do from a, 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 from a restful type of place, from being at peace with a situation type of position, then you have unrest in your heart. Then you have concern in your heart or some level of worry or fear in your heart. And I think this is a perfect example of the 17th verse. These things, the fear, the worry, the anxiety, these are the things that are causing you to stumble. So verse 18 says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones that hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's almost like saying, um, I'm using that word uh, about being fruitful. What did Jesus say in the, I think it was about the 14th, about the 14th chapter in the gospel of John. Let me check that out quickly. Okay, it looks like it's John 15. You can't go wrong with John chapter 14 through chapter 17. Just some of my favorite scriptures are in there. But let me read the scripture verse to you. It says that if you abide in me, this is John 15:7, if you abide in me, this is Jesus speaking, and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will what you will and it shall be done to you herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit so asking believing and receiving right is an illustration of you bearing fruit and god being glorified by what you're experiencing right so let me read those two verses together it says if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Herein, by what I just said, is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Well, what does it just say right here? It says the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, right? The Mark chapter four, verse 19, and the desires for other things enter and chokes the word, chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Well, what did Jesus just say? He said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. But, if, but Jesus's words in your heart, what you know God's will is, can be choked, can become unfruitful when you are thinking and talking about the cares of this world, money, the desire for other things. But verse number 20 says, these are the ones sown on good ground they hear the word, accept it. The, tra- the margin uh, says that word accept means receive it. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit some 30, 60, 100, fo- and 100 fold. So G- again, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? So bringing this back to the practical application, as I was talking about a few minutes ago, I realized this past year, 2019, how many times that I thought about certain situations in life. And many of them were me thinking about other people, other people in my family, people that I cared about, situations that I um, I wanted to say that I don't have any control over, right? How much control do we really have when you get right down to it? Even the Bible says, why do you, uh, ha- you know, don't allow the cares of this world uh, to enter in, Jesus said it so many times in so many different verses, you know, we can't add one cubit to our stature and consider the birds of the air. They don't worry about, you know, what tomorrow is going to bring. Their father takes care of them. God in heaven takes care of them. And so I was thinking about how many times I was thinking about situations and people and I had unrest in my heart. And I I had these these moments of worry and moments of maybe being overly concerned or having unrest or not having peace. And what I didn't realize was those feelings that I was feeling deep down on the inside when I thought about certain things, they were examples of what I'm talking about right here in Mark chapter 4 of having the word taken out of my heart. So even though I knew what the Bible said, And even though I knew that God is faithful on in a heart level, deep down in the inside, I the confidence that God had heard and answered those prayers, the confidence that God was there for these people and their situations, it just wasn't there. And I realized it in such a way that I never realized it before, because you know, a lot of times we operate from the head and not from the heart. Sometimes you just have to. Get to that place where you're willing to be still enough to look deep down on the inside and see exactly what it is that's motivating you, exactly what it is that's inspiring you, and when you have God as your foundation, and I don't just mean a general statement. Oh, God is my foundation. I believe in Jesus. I'm talking about that, and 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 that's fine. I'm not trying to knock it, but I'm talking about. God as your foundation, as your relationship with him plays out in individual circumstances. So a lot of people, um, you know, they, they have faith in God as a, as a healer and a deliverer. They have faith in Jesus as a healer and a deliverer and the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to money, that faith kind of stops at the door. And the faith in one area doesn't necessarily continue over into the other. And so as I thought about the times when people would say, well, how is so-and-so doing? And I would respond based on what I saw and what I heard, just telling the truth as it was appearing to me visibly and realizing that I was actually taking sides against what the Bible says about that person, against the prayers that I had prayed for that person. So If you're praying for for the salvation of a friend or a loved one or somebody like that, and somebody asks you how they're doing, just think about how your own words, remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Just remember, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Every time you testify about what's actually visibly happening, especially if it's What's happening is evil, or negative, or against the will of God. It's like we we reinforce that situation, we reinforce that problem within our own hearts. And I think sometimes people wonder why certain prayers seem to go unheard because God never changes, but yet we are the vessels, right? Uh, think about when they were filled with the Holy Spirit in the Book of Acts and they went out and they preached and they taught, and they prayed, and they did these things in the name of Jesus. And they realized when the people looked at them, they said, wow, these men are like, like little gods. They said that of Paul, right? And they looked at Peter that way. And what did Peter say to them? Don't look at us as though by our own power or that by our own holiness, we made this man to walk. But it was by Jesus whom you crucified in faith in His name, that this man stands before you whole. Everything they did, they credit it to the power of God. They credit it to the name of Jesus. They didn't tell people, "Hey, look at me. I, I have dyna- I am a man of dynamic faith and power." They didn't talk that way, right? Everything they did was saying it was Jesus and faith in His name. Everything was pointing back to that, and so. When you're praying for people and even praying for your own situation, sometimes what happens is you walk away, and then from that moment, you have that encouragement, you have that uplifting, you have that positive mental attitude as it relates to that person or yourself, maybe for an own the need that you have in your own life. But then if you don't protect that seed, remember this is the parable of the sower. If you don't water it, what happens? It doesn't grow up, right? Good ground means that the ground is healthy. The ground is your heart. Let's let me just go a little bit further here. Make sure I didn't leave anything out. Okay. Um, the ground is, is like your heart. And just like something, just like that small plant that you bring home, you have to water it. When it gets dry, you can't just bring it home, water it once, and then just assume that after that. And and you know sometimes people think that the the effort that's made in prayer, the effort that's made in uh, with faith, is kind of like you're driving the car or you're making this process work. When the reality of it is, is that it's God. The Bible says that watches over the word to perform it. It's God who said, my word shall not return unto me void, right? God never changes, but we do. For whatever reason, sometimes you you wake up and that morning you're positive, you're filled with energy, you're filled with belief. And by the end of the day, all of that seems to be gone. And, and God hasn't gone anywhere. What's happened is within your own heart, whether you allowed other people's thoughts or something that you read online or something that you've seen, or just, you know, you weren't conscious of, of it at the time, but you were thinking these negative, um, gloomy, dark thoughts and you didn't catch yourself in in enough time. And what they did is they kind of snuffed the light out. They snuffed your enthusiasm out. They snuffed your, your belief out. And it's, it's just like that. When you go to bed at night, you know your entire body kind of renews itself on autopilot. When you eat food, you have an entire digestive system that processes that food. You don't have to do it. You don't have to will it to be done. You don't have to grit your teeth. All of those things happen automatically when everything is working properly. It's an incredible machine that God has built. And The more time has gone on, and the more I've been involved in this topic of prayer and faith and belief and how God does miracles in people's lives, the more I also am convinced that we don't have to control the prayer system. We don't have to control the faith system. What we have to do is take enough time to pull weeds and to pour fresh water on that seed. What does the Bible say about the sower that sows the word? The man goes out into the field, he sows his seed, and then he comes back again and the seed grows up and he doesn't know how. We don't know all of like the little intricacies of what happens when a seed goes into the ground. Yeah, we know the seed opens up, but we don't know um, if you want to get right down to it. How does the DNA make all of this work? How, how does this actually happen? How does all of this work? We really don't understand it. We kind of just take it for granted. But the nice thing is We don't have to understand how things work to enjoy the benefit of that thing, right? You don't have to be an electrician to enjoy having electricity in your home. Likewise, you don't have to understand prayer and faith inside out and be a Bible scholar to enjoy the fruit of a a spectacular um, prayer life. I'm just going to put it out like that. What I mean by spectacular prayer life is that you have example after example in your own life of... God having delivered you, God having rescued you, God having provided for you, um, and you can share that with other people. The Bible is so simple, but we make it more complicated because we want to understand the things that it doesn't go into great detail about. Rather than just taking the details as is and working with that, rather than just sticking to the basics, a lot of times we want to know all of the little intricacies. Well, is this a type or a shadow of this or that? Or in the Book of Revelation, is this like a, is this talking about the future or is this talking about partially the past? I see the past and I see the future. And what exactly does this sign mean? And you know, I when I think like that, I often remember what Jesus said about John um, the Baptist. When he was talking to the disciples, and the scripture says, Before the coming, that day of the Lord, before the coming of the Lord, that Elijah would return. And he said to them that if you can receive it, this has already happened in John the Baptist. And when I the first time I read that, I thought, okay, so Jesus interpreted the coming to pass of an old testament prophecy that it found its fulfillment in John the Baptist. John the Baptist coming back was the fulfillment of Elijah coming and turning the hearts of the uh, children towards the parents and the parents towards the children. I, when I read that for the first time, I thought I never in a thousand years of Bible study would have reached that conclusion by reading that passage that way. And the thing is, what did Jesus say? My words are spirit and they are life. Right? We look at things from a natural, physical um, place right we're physical beings uh, we walk by faith because we have to because we can't see into that invisible realm so we try and, and and bring everything down and we relate to it and understand why we do this maybe we don't use seeds so much today maybe we think of prayer like downloading something and and then when things don't work out we want to we want to fix them and then we want to understand the mechanics better because we want to fix what's wrong And the whole time realizing that, you know, the Bible just talks about having simple childlike faith in God, but it does tell us to do certain things over and over and over again. And number one, it tells you to watch the words that come out of your mouth. And so I made this promise to God. I said, you know what, if I feel like the Bible isn't true as it pertains to a certain situation I'm facing... If I feel like I don't have any faith, if I feel like I don't have any confidence, if I feel like I'm wasting my time praying, I'm still going to say what the Bible says out loud so I can hear myself say it. Why? Because I know at the very least that those words, once I hear myself saying them, will have an effect deep down on the inside. Even if I don't feel it that moment, or even if I don't feel it for days at a time, I know that saying what God says, Somehow, some way changes things. So, whether it's because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us and our bodies are the temple of God now, as opposed to a building, or whether it's a combination of angels leaving the heavenly world and bringing answers down, or w- whatever it is, I'm going to focus on the things that I do have control over, and that's my mouth and my heart, those two things. Right, because If I guard my heart when I get off into left or right field, wherever I don't belong, I'll catch myself sooner rather than later. When I'm being motivated maybe more by greed than I am the right things, when it comes to other things like in business, then if I'm continuously examining my heart, I'm going to be able to catch myself before I get too far out there any negative feeling you can think of, jealousy, envy, uh, all of these things that the the emotions hit us when we see other people maybe seems like they're doing all the wrong things, but all the right things are coming back on them. You know, that's why the Bible says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, he'll reap. It's not like payday coming every Friday, but it always comes. So this scripture right here, I just want to encourage you to go in it. Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. Read it. Recognize that it says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Watch your heart. Watch what you say with your mouth. And I have a little book now that I keep by the bedside. And in it, I have the prayers that I prayed for other people along with myself, things which I haven't visibly seen the answer yet. And at night, I will go through these very slowly, and I'll, I'll remind myself. I've already prayed. I've already prayed according to the will of God. I've asked God for help in this situation. The Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions. Not will have, but have. So I just thank God, Lord, in the spirit it's done. I thank you for it. I thank you for delivering so-and-so. I thank you for the healing of so-and-so as though it's already happened. Right? because in the spirit it has already happened, right? The Bible says Jesus was slain uh, from the foundations of the earth, that he called us even from the beginning, that he knew us even before time began. You may say, well, you know, that doesn't make any sense. I I agree from a natural human uh, being, as small as we are in the big span of things, it doesn't make any sense. But I, I do know enough. There's enough information given to me that I can make a choice to believe. I can make a choice to believe because the word which I heard has brought forth good fruit in my life. But you know what? I have room for improvement. There's room where I want to see more, uh, more of good things coming to pass. I realize there's plenty of people out there that need to hear this. And so I want to take more time to Uh, talk to other people, to share this good news. And what is the good news, right? Jesus paid the price that separated us from God, brought us back again, and we can have success on every level here in this lifetime. I'm not saying that like success, like some people think like bigger houses and bigger cars. What I mean by success is overcoming all of the uh, adversity that we face the Bible says through much tribulation we enter the kingdom of God, and God's only glorified when when His people are overcoming the tests, the trials, the tribulations that they're facing. So it's like this comes full circle again, right from the from the challenge to the faith and the belief to the answer. It's it's a continual series of adventures that we face here in this lifetime, whether you're in your 20s or you're in your 80s or older or somewhere in between, we we all face tests and challenges in life. But the great thing is the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And Jesus said that if, if you believe, if you will love him, it says the father himself will love you and the two of them through the holy spirit will come and make their home with you. He said that in John's gospel again, my favorite of all the gospels, the gospel of John. If you ever feel kind of a little bit down, read, I don't know, verse at least from verse 4 or chapter 14 through chapter 17. There's a lot of meat in there. I was going to say chapter 13 on, but Right around 14, 15, 16, and 17, there's just such good information and such encouraging information in there that uh, I just really encourage you to just jump in there and just just let it wash over your thoughts. So all right, that is all I have for you today. Again, happy New Year to you. Happy 2020. I believe that some great things can happen for you this new year. You just have to be willing to keep it simple. You know, watch what's going on deep down in the inside of you and watch the words that are coming out of your mouth. If you can't say something good, don't say it at all. And, and just let those words be words of faith instead of words of fear. Words that are uplifting instead of just talking about what is or how the current situation exists. If you find yourself saying something negative, then again, double up or triple up on saying something good afterward to kind of wash those effects away. We're talking about how words affect you deep down on in the inside and how important it is for you to keep upbeat and encouraged and positive as you move forward throughout the year. All right. Again, thanks for listening. This is Jim. God bless you, and I will see you again soon.